Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) (laughs) Not a song, though. Just the sounds. It is a song. No, it's not. Uh A song would be like, that's a song, you know? (laughs) I just was making sounds. Yeah. Can I get a full album of just me singing five and a half second songs by Jason? (laughs) That's That's the name of the album. Uh, Yeah, I can only. You've heard of Five Seconds to Summer? Is that a band? I think I've heard of that. Really missed my calling on Vine, apparently. Five Seconds of Jason. Missed my calling on Vine. Do one more. Here we go. That's it. And then it's just, that's it. My favorite, Should I be making TikTok wait, beats? My favorite part about track two, because that's track two, okay. is just you think it's headed somewhere. <laughs> it's like, here we go. Yeah. And then See? it's just See? such a letdown. Yeah. People in their cars right now are like, what is going on? <laughs> uh, welcome back to the podcast and welcome back to our 26-day content blitz therapy sessions where <laughs> we sit with you and share how things are going. Yeah. I was going to say... Well, if you're tuning in to the podcast, you know the cliffhanger from last episode, which is we are still together as a couple, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is great yeah. news. If for a new us. episode popped up in your feed and we were both on it, then we do made it. Do you think if we broke up, we still do the podcast? I think I would still do it, obviously. I think I'd still do it yeah. too. No, I don't think you would. No, I, d- I wouldn't. You're no, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Considering hey. I've had in our lives together, I think I've had six podcasts and you've had two. First of all, who's keeping track? Second of all, is that right? Yeah, I think so. I had the podcast with you yeah. before. Yeah. And then this podcast. With me. With you. There's a constant. And then um, those are the two that I've Exactly. Had. Okay. Can you name enough. all of mine? I don't think you can, but let's try. How many? I think it's six total. Okay. Um, the Action Army podcast. That was, yeah, my solo podcast. Your solo podcast yeah. that you used to record from our closet in Poway. Yeah. Invisible Office Hours with Paul Jarvis. Yeah. Move the Needle with... Greg? Oh, so seven. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you forgot that one? I did. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I get a bonus point. Yeah. Um, the podcast with me sleeping with the boss. Yeah. This podcast. What yeah. is it all for? Yeah. So I'm missing two. Maybe it's only six then. So, am I just thinking of one? What was? Oh, Jason squared. Oh, yeah. That's so another yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then am I? You're, there's one. There's I'm one missing. more. Yeah. The Buyer Future podcast. Actually, there's another one. That's another one. Yeah. Okay. And then the Watch Me Write podcast. Watch. You did a podcast for that? Yeah. That's silly. I know. Because first of all, watching someone write is silly. But listening, but to, listening someone to someone about talk about watching, watching me write is very <laughs> silly. I feel like you didn't play into wow. the absurdity of that So enough. eight of them total for me. So you love hearing the sound of your own voice. I never listen back. So I just like my voice Talking. going out of my body. That feels like a real male energy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just feel like in these times... There's a lot that I yeah, have to a, say. There's a void in the market. For <laughs> <laughs> we make this joke all the time where we're just like, well, I mean, but hold on a second. But you know, you know whose thoughts need to be heard? I just Mine. think a tall, white, bald man deserves the stage <laughs> for one small for moment. Once. Uh, we, it's a truly we just get a it. joke. It's a joke. Uh, all right. So last week where we left you was we had started doing the recording of our videos. And just to give you a quick overview, we are doing a 26-day content blitz where we are recording 26 YouTube videos and writing 26 articles that accompany those videos to create 
a big, awesome resource on the Wandering Gameplay website as like a, this is like the go-to. Our ethos of what we've basically put in the past five years of Wandering Amphily, but broken down into like very small chunks yep. that you could go through. Yes. And so we started recording last week. And also as a reminder, we're doing that as a lead up to our fall launch of our program, Wandering Amphily Unlimited, which is our unborn coaching program. And it's a real two, well, it's a three-pronged approach, right, which right, I won't right, get right. into the prongs. Well, don't, don't uh, talk about the program too much because we have not gotten a check. So we typically don't get our checks to start talking about them until two to three weeks beforehand <laughs> as a sponsor hey, of this podcast. Hey, bud, yeah. the seriousness with which <laughs> yeah, he got said you. that. Gotcha. Listeners, you cannot see his face. I In my head, yeah. I was like, what check what is check? he talking about? Hey, guess what? What? Got him. <laughs> uh, so that is the thing that we have been doing. Yes, sir. And last week was the re- recording week. So you had written some YouTube scripts. Mm-hmm. We sat down to punch them up. Again, listen to the last episode if you want the full drama of this thing. Uh, this we unpacked project. it all in yeah, the last we episode. The very funny part of this is that like a month or so ago when we were planning this project and starting to talk about getting excited, we we're like, there will come a moment in this project when we just want to throw up our hands and say, fuck it, why are we doing this? We were like... This that was a, the moment. We were week. like, this is a big project yeah. and there's going to come a moment where we just go, why are we doing this to ourselves? And then literally, I think one of us said, why yeah. are we doing this to ourselves? And we were like, here it is. Here it is. Here's the I moment. Saw it. doesn't make it any easier when it arrives, but it actually it does. It, it does. does because it, it kind of, it reminds you that like you saw this coming, you know how difficult this is. You're doing and a hard thing. Yeah. And I think for anybody listening to this who has done a hard thing, you've tried to, you know, make something ambitious uh, whether it's on your own, whether it's with someone else, like there's just always a part in projects yes. that, that is difficult. And wait, I just want to answer okay. that because then the next, it log- wasn't a question, but go ahead. <laughs> the next logical question from that is, well, what is it all for then? Like, yeah. why are you doing this to yourselves? And we asked ourselves that many times, but I just want to say now being on the other side of that sort of low point last week, I can say, Oh, it's because we like challenging ourselves. Yeah. We, we- like pushing the envelope of new projects and bumping up against the uncomfortability of learning a new thing and collaborating. And, you know, there, there's a fine line between something being challenging and then something just being like torturous torturous for no reason. So we have to find that line. Um, but I think our pivot helped us. It did. So, uh, what we pivoted to, so I think we talked about this last week was we were going to sit down and record like proper, like talking head YouTube videos with a script, we would do some B-roll and things over top of it. But it's very much of when you think of like a, a person talking about online business on YouTube, you can pretty much picture what that looks like. Right. But what we decided was, hey, that doesn't work for us in the way that we record videos together. Mm-hmm. There's always friction. What if we kind of go to a route that we know works, which is what we do in our unboring uh, coaching sessions, where we have a keynote with slides that we put a lot of time and effort into designing to make that uh, helpful for us to move through it. And then we both kind of tag team back and forth through that information. Right. And then you don't need a script. And you also, the keynote itself is not only acting as a script for like a prompt of what we want to talk about. It's keeping, but B, it's also letting us know which topics we each want to take so that we can yeah smoothly collaborate. And then the third thing is you're not having to do graphics because that gives you a visual way to keep it interesting and listen do we think that this type of youtube video is going to be super exciting for like the youtube hungry audience no because they want the like beautifully shot 4k depth of field the video essay with the with the archival footage and the motion graphics we're not going to do that we're just not gonna do that but also our the point of this project and i think this is really important when you're doing anything like this is to really go back to your goal and go well, is our goal to like get a bunch of YouTube traffic and subscribers? No, that's not our goal. Our goal exactly. is to have these videos be helpful and in a way that is enjoyable to watch. And we can both agree that after this last session that we did it towards the end of this week, 
I edited those together. We watched them on the big screen and we were like, yeah. They, I would watch this, these. Yeah, these are like good enough we is felt, definitely how we, we would describe them. Yeah, we felt proud of the product that we were able to create in the time that we did. So we both felt good about it. Yeah. Is the long and short of it. So kind of what we've gotten to as far as the process goes is you're cranking out like three to four keynotes per day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that basically is like a full day of work for you yeah. amongst a couple other things here and there. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten it to the place where at the bare minimum, they take two hours per and right. I can't get that any shorter. Right. So usually that looks like a day of doing them rough. So that's three to four hours of like a rough cut and then another three to four hours. And I'm splitting it up kind of across two days like that. Right. So once you're done, like this was our day yesterday, it was a filming day. Right. So if the sound is any different whatsoever to some of you, which some of you it might be, some of you won't notice. Astute listeners. We're actually recording our podcast today from where we're recording the videos from. So our podcast mics are at our dining room table because that's where we're sitting. We're not all cozy on the couch right now. We're not as cozy. Uh, so but if you don't sound as cozy, it's because we're not as cozy. Right, exactly. Thank you so much for clearing You're that up. Welcome. The coziness clearing that I you just, did. And just in case someone's like, wow, yeah, not quite as cozy. Sound as cozy. It's because we're not as cozy. Le- they leave a five star review. And they're like, mm. they're like, I love this podcast. But not quite as cozy. But episode 176 not co- didn't sound as cozy. It did not sound as cozy. Be careful for that one. Yeah. Uh, hey, quick shout out to those of you who actually just like really love this podcast. Do you have a favorite episode that you could just name off the top of your head? Send us an email. I would love to know. Mm, What's like just one like that, that one out. episode you're like, I like this one is the one I go back to all the time. I would just be curious. Me too. Because like I have episodes of podcasts that like I've listened to where I'm like, that's that a one. go-to. I would yeah. go back to that episode. Uh, anyway, so you, you do the keynotes. Yesterday we did the recording of the videos. It took about... 15-ish minutes, 10 to 15 minutes to record the keynotes. A lot of flubs, a lot of stopping and going. But when you watch it back, you will barely notice at all. <laughs> You'll see maybe a couple of jump cuts, but I try and do a good job, like seamlessly cutting it and finding the words that like really, like that's one of the things I actually enjoy in the editing you process. Do? Yeah. I'm like, your tick is that you say so yeah. or you say um. My tick is, uh, I think I say and, but my ands are spaced out perfectly where yeah. I just like lop them out. Your so's are actually, those can be you know tri- tricky because they, they lead in, you, but your ums are perfect. No, my ums are perfect. Because your ums I can like, shoop, they're gone. You know why the so's are tricky is because it is a tick, but it's also an intentional tick, which is I actually quite hate when people are doing keynotes and they, it's it's not, it doesn't flow like a yeah. story. And so my so's are, I think my internal way of connecting thoughts because yeah. I don't like the stop and start. It feels too robotic for me. So, but I get a lot of pleasure when see, I can like, when I can get rid of one I know. and I can like, whoop, like right up to it. And then it just sounds like it never existed. I'm like, huh, not bad. And then no one's there to give me a high five. <laughs> Uh, so I got those videos edited. So it again, took us about 15, 20 minutes to record them. We took little breaks in between. We would review the slides, go over them beforehand. Did not fight. Did not fight. And then when we were done, I got into my little editing cave and I edited them. They took about 45 minutes each. And then they basically went down to like five to six minutes each. Mm -hmm. And we were, yeah, pretty happy with the, the outcome of those. Now the, the, I guess only problem left at this point is that there's just a lot of hours left. So yeah. we have recorded seven of them, so which means we have 19 left. Mm-hmm. So at two hours in keynote creation time, that's 38 hours of keynote creation time. Call it just one hour of video editing time. That's 19 hours. Plus we have an ending segment that we need to film, which is going to be probably a couple hours. So I mean, I think at this point we have to make peace with the fact that we may not have all 26 in the can before they Which is what we wanted to published. do. So the reason I bring that up is what we had hoped is that they would all be done by September 18th when the first one goes live. Right. But we're going to release them day by day. But I think it's very possible to 
by the end of that Friday, yeah, have them done. Yeah. So my, that would be my goal is whatever the Friday is after the 18th, 19th, 20th. Oh, that 20th. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah the 22nd, yeah. let's say. My goal would be to have them all done and scheduled by the 22nd. Yeah, I will say I feel like we're in a good groove. Like as much as my uh, organized heart would have loved to stick to our original plan, which is just the thing that my brain does. Like you give it a plan and it wants to stick to it. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, that we're to not... be fair, that is the purpose of a plan. So I think that sure. you're, that's a very normal. I'm okay in that, yeah. yeah. But I, you know, I do get a little bit like, uh, we got to get it done. No, not you. No, not me. Why would that be me? Um, but we are at a place where I feel like we're in a good rhythm. Mm-hmm. As long as your eyes aren't getting too fatigued in this process, because it is a lot of focus time for your do eyes. Do you want to tell everyone what we discovered about the... Oh, yeah. That was an interesting discovery. Here's an interesting discovery. You asked if I wanted to tell them, but then you're going to tell them? I just... Yeah, so I'll tell them. So you teed it up for me. I just meant, do you want us to tell them? This and by is, us, I mean me. Okay. Can I tell them? Yeah. But this is like in golf when like there's just a perfect... Like your ball is just perfectly up on a tuft of grass. And you're like, hey, do you want to hit that perfectly set up ball? I'm like, yeah, I do. And then you just run up and hit it. I'm like, oh, but you, that was set up for me. I got to be honest. You lost me at golf. I oh, was gone. Just the sport of golf? Yeah. Never seen it. <laughs> never heard of it. <laughs> never heard of it. No. Okay, we'll is watch the like video. Is that like that Happy Gilmore movie? Was that? It is. It is. That's actually where it started. That's how you play golf? No, that's where it started. That was the, the origin of the movie. Of they made it up for the movie. And it was then a people fantasy. People loved it. Everyone knows Happy Gilmore is the best fantasy movie out there. It and then is. they were like, we should make this. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. You feel free. <laughs> we're in a silly mood today. Yeah. We're not cozy, but we are silly. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had pizza. That's why. For lunch. Okay. Yeah. I was just sharing all the details. <laughs> no, for breakfast. Pizza I know, isn't that such a good idea? Go ahead. Well, we we make <laughs> like, do it, <laughs> we they know what they're getting into. Yeah. We make this big pivot to the keynote thing, and then for the first day, I think we said this at the last of, at the end of last episode, we did like a little dry run where I was like trying to work on a keynote, and it seemed okay. And then I did two more, and my eyes started getting very fatigued and on the fritz. And for those of you who don't know, I have an eye condition. It's called binocular vision dysfunction. We found out about it like two or three years ago. And it causes some pretty gnarly like dizziness and vertigo almost symptoms. Um, But it's wild now that I know that I have it. Certain things... Like are, it, are like really triggering Are really it. triggering. So for example, like light sensitivity, like yeah. strobing lights. I can't even tell you the sensation that goes through my body when something is like a strobing light. Um, but something else I found out recently was I can't do dark mode on anything mm. because it, I can't, I just can't describe it. It's like, you know how sometimes people do like notes, apologies on Instagram and it's like a black background with yeah, white yeah, text. Yeah. Can't do it. It makes my eyes absolutely go bonkers. And so I've known that there's something there like yeah. black text on white background. Fine. White text on black background, not fine, which is weird because they say dark mode is better for your eyes. But anyway, for me, no. So long story short, we I make this keynote template for these videos and it's our signature wandering aimfully blue background with white text. Yeah. What just real quick, what would you call that blue? Like a cobalt. cobalt. Or like a royal blue, actually. Is it cobalt or royal? Because I'd like I think to it's get, royal. It's royal blue. Uh, yeah. It's okay. mostly royal blue. Can we blue. go royal Parisian blue? It's, I'd like it to have a flare. Mm, Parisian is more Royal Turkish blue. Now you're getting cultural, and I don't want to make a mistake there. Oh, that's a good. That's a good point. Royal, Royal ocean blue. Ocean blue. Royal ocean blue. It's got like some like a little. You need gravitas a flare. Gravitas. Yeah. Royal ocean blue. Thank you. And so I made these slides, and I am like staring at them for an hour, and I go, Jason, this is really hurting my eyes, which is weird because. I make keynotes all the time for our coaching session, but I thought maybe it was the working in Figma and doing yeah. all this stuff, like too much eye stuff. <laughs> After the second day, I go, Jace, I think 
because you were playing them on the big screen on our TV and it was still happening and it was like a really weird eye thing happening. Long story. I don't even know if you guys care, but yeah, yeah. anyway, I, I go, I think I had, I have this intuition that it's the blue. It's the contrast, the, the white text on dark background. I switched it totally fine. Hasn't have wild. not had an eye problem since that is wild. It's bizarre. It really is. Sounds like, what uh, would that be? Well, I certainly don't know for sure. I'm not a doctor certainly don't know. today. Tomorrow anyway, for I all my BVD years out there, careful. Yeah. Careful with the, the white text contrast. on the high contrast. The high contrast with the dark background. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I feel like we've gotten into a good rhythm. Uh, I feel like we've gotten to a place where we're actually enjoying this process, yes. which is good. Uh, and I think this is something as a reminder you wrote here is you really need to figure out if you can find your own unique process and talents to bring your project to life, do what it feels best to you. Don't just copy what works for other people. Yeah. And we know this, but I think video is just an arena where we had to relearn it because again, it's a fine line between something that you're not yet good at. And so you want to get better at it and you go, of course it feels unnatural. I haven't ever practiced this. Right. So it's hard to know when it's just something that you need to practice to get better at. And mm -hmm. when it's just something that is so completely unnatural that you'll just it's, it's fighting an uphill battle. It's just, it's that hard line of knowing when to quit something and go a different direction, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I think for us, it was a decision of, we have given this a college try many times. It's time to move on. And it was time to move on and to not follow the blueprint of what works or what other people are doing, but to just do, just do us. Nice. Like just, we should just do it, I think. Just do it. I think. Ooh, I love the ring of that. You think it's novel? Like no one's probably No one's thought. ever thought of that before. Like just do it. You know what I mean? Cool. Cool. Uh, also on the checklist of things, we finished the article design for the articles. Because yeah. as we mentioned, part of this project is 26 articles. We have our existing article template, but we wanted something new that's five years old. We wanted something fresh and different. The template is five years old. Yeah. We wanted something new. And I wrote down here just a lesson that I learned from that is when you're in the midst of a big project and you feel like you have a bunch of half done things, I also equate this to, I've never renovated a house, but I imagine this translates to that where it's like, you've started the baseboards and you're sanding this and like this is half. Baseboards would probably be like the last thing you would do, but that's well, it okay. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Half demoed and this and that. And you sort of look around and go, everything is half completed. For me personally, when I start to feel overwhelmed, which is how this project started to feel, I was like, I got to pick one thing and just finish it. Yeah. So that was the article template. And really you were kind of like, if you want our developer to work on this, you got to get to it. Yeah. And he, you were right. And so I just sat down and I had a very productive day and I finished the designs and I felt really good about it. Yeah, it looks great. I think it'll be fun for everyone to kind of see the new uh, way that we wanted to display our articles or some fun little bits and bobs in there. So it makes it exciting for us too because we get something new as well. Exactly. All right. Uh, <laughs> That's our new approach to redesigning our website is just like one page at a time. Yeah. Because <laughs> we redid the homepage this year. We're redoing the article template. It's just kind of funny how that Well, happens. yeah, but we redid the dashboard, which is a gigantic project. Totally. It's just no one sees that except for our Waymers. But that's okay. Inside scoop. Because they get to see it. Uh, do you want to talk about your special sad day? Yeah. Okay. This is a new thing that I'm going to try in my life. But the part I wanted to mention here is I didn't really mention it, I don't think, in last episode. But I think part of what exacerbated the whole filming process was not only, I mean, I think it was inevitable. I think it was going to happen regardless. Yeah. But it was also coming at a time where a lot of kind of two months of like family stuff for me had hit a critical mass. Yeah. So there's just like personal things that are stressful that are going on. And I have had this approach to it this year where I really, I think I mentioned 
in the episode at the top of the year that my, my word for the year is capable. And I really wanted my theme for this year to be proving to myself that I'm more capable than I sometimes give myself credit for. And so far that theme has worked out really well for me. I do feel like this year I have, have really, um, grown my self-esteem in a, an area that needed it, which was this belief in myself that I am independent, that I am resilient, that I can handle things better than I think I can rewriting old stories that my anxiety told me about. I'm incapable of handling things. And, and this is also coming out of a lot of years of EMDR therapy where Literally in my therapist's office, I can't tell you the amount of times the story has come back to, I'm not capable. Mm-hmm. It it always leads back to there. And so this is coming from a healing journey. This isn't about me being like, I need to be like strong in order to be worthy. It's just like, no, no, no. Like there is a part of me that needs to heal this story about myself. So anyway, I'm sharing all of that backstory to say that all this stuff is happening with my family and I... I'm trying to kind of take it in stride and not fall apart. And I think, and then of course we have this content project on top of all that. And I think in an effort to show myself how capable I am, I forgot that you can be both capable and a human being who has emotions at the same time. Like I, I try think, not to do that, but yeah, I know yeah. that's not your favorite thing, but I think I really overdid it yeah. in terms of, I swung the pendulum too far the other way where I just sort of tried to pretend that it wasn't happening And finally, it all kind of, after this whole filming thing went awry and then a couple more things happened and then finally on Sunday, I just looked at you and I was like, I think I've been trying to suppress some sadness and I'm just not, I don't think I'm capable of suppressing it anymore. And I think I'm going to try a different approach, which is I am going to give myself what I call a special sad day. which was I'm going to designate this day of Sunday. Sundays are great for this. Sundays are great for this. Yeah. And I'm going to just fully give myself a container to feel all the feelings that are coming with these stressful things and see what happens. And it was so funny because it was like, I didn't even need the full day. It was like in giving myself that space, I felt so much better. And I think a part of it too is the complicated nature of not wanting to like wanting to, yes, it's wanting to prove to myself that I'm capable, but I know there's some stuff there of wanting to prove to you that I'm capable because of the dynamic that developed over the course of my anxiety journey. And I didn't like the sort of power imbalance that happened where it was like, you are responsible for everything. And then I am just sort of like not, and I didn't like the power imbalance that that created, not of your own, not of your intentional doing. Um, But a little bit of it is trying to kind of balance that in a different direction but I think like I said in doing that it becomes unhealthy because it becomes oh now I'm just trying to be someone I'm not Mm -hmm. you know so it's like a very fine line but so my special sad day was about still being the Caroline that is sensitive and feels very deeply when these things are happening to people that I care about a lot and also showing myself that that doesn't detract from being capable in any way shape or form and I needed to kind of show that to myself and um doing that allowed me to approach the week in a way where I was just a lot happier because I wasn't trying to suppress anything. Yeah. I think it was a good, a good job of understanding that you knew what you needed to kind of move forward. Yeah. So I'm going to try to use that in the future. 
the part I just like calling it a special sad day because it made it feel more fun. It was right. like Ooh. nothing special happened. No, it was just I gave myself permission to I can cry if I want. I can watch sad things, listen to sad music. I can like you know have special snacks because I'm sad. And like, did you even have a special snack? I don't think so, but yeah, it just but you felt could. fun. Yeah, but, you but I could have had you wanted to exactly. Yeah. And, and then, and also you would just ask me to do stuff and I would say, I'm really sorry, but it's a special sad day and I can't. And I liked the power of that. And, um, yeah, you get one of these every 13 years. That's why it's special. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah. I've lived it up. Happy special sad day to me. Yeah, congratulations. And if anybody else wants to use that, feel free. Go for it. And if you're a licensed therapist and that's a bad idea, don't tell me. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Do you want to talk about this last bullet point on our list here before we get into the calm business confidential? Um, yeah, the last thing I wanted to share that is top of mind for us is also, and maybe we've mentioned it on past episodes, but I feel like we're in a season of creative restlessness. Yeah. Well, I think this is what happens when you take a year, which we did last year, where we worked and we still did a monthly coaching session. We still send out a weekly newsletter. We still recorded a podcast. Like from the outside looking in, people were probably like, yeah, you're still working, but we didn't really do anything creatively. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of lived this entire life having all these experiences, but like we weren't creating anything. We were just kind of like living and then, you know, working as minimally as possible. And I think it really created, we've talked about this before, but your friend Margaret said like this creative dam, mm -hmm. right? This like built up and we had all this energy. And, and I think what has happened is we have, you know, we've been working on bigger projects this year. We've gotten a lot of things done, but I think we've also just kind of felt like none of it's really pushing us in any way. None mm -hmm. of it's really that different or unique necessarily. I think mm -hmm. it's all very helpful stuff. And I think this might be what happens when you get a couple years into running a business and you've actually figured out kind of the financial part of it, which is incredibly amazing to do. Like we tried for many years and never figured that out. And, and finally with where we are now, we've kind of figured that out. But it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, but money isn't the thing that makes you happy. What makes you happy is your creative pursuits and like, right. for, especially for us. And, and I know it's very easy to hear someone say like, oh, it must be nice to be like, money doesn't make you happy. It's not like we're just swimming in money, but it's, I'm just saying like getting to a place where we have predictable revenue is not having us just sitting back and like, ah, like here we are, we are done and we are so happy. It's like, no, now we're at the place where we're like, okay, that's great. What, what we did got us to this place, but now we're craving that itch of like all the creative things we did like many years ago that, maybe didn't make that much money, but we're very fulfilling it from a creative standpoint. Yeah. And I just think that is going, that is the journey of life Yeah, is, you know, you don't arrive at this place where that's the balance that we often talk about between enough and it's okay to have a purpose because I think purpose and, and I think sometimes wanting more is actually just wanting something in front of you to work towards. And that can be, there can be really unhealthy versions of that, which is like this endless pursuit of more that can get you in a lot of, you know, an endless cycle of dissatisfaction. But there's also, I think, healthy versions of that, which is I want to wake up in the morning and feel like I have something to look forward to. I want to have a spot off in the distance over the horizon that I'm sailing towards. That makes me feel fulfilled. That makes me feel like I have direction. That makes me feel the opposite of kind of lost. And so I just think it's interesting. I think this is a very natural part of a business journey where, yeah, you know, our business is five years old now and we have hit this place where we're ready for what's the next evolution? Where where yeah. do we take it? What projects do we want to take on? I also think there's something to be said for neither of us have ever run a business 
the same business for that more long. than five years. Totally. So it's like my Irie shirt business was the closest that got to that, but it was so tumultuous that it wasn't like five years of start at zero, get to a, a, a an enough finish line and feel good about it. Like Wandering Aimfully actually did that. And so now it's at a place where we're like, okay, this is unfamiliar territory. What are we doing now? Totally. And, and it's, I think it's a fun challenge that we keep coming back to where we're trying to walk, toe the line of like, well, don't just blow it all up because you're bored and you want to do something super Absolutely. creative and different. It's like you figured out the thing that works, keep doing the thing that works, which we're very happy to keep doing. But it's also like you have to know there's something in you that says you need to be doing something more creative. And so, so how can you scratch that out? How itch? do you figure that out? Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, the other part of that is like when you've hit this place where things are working and you're really happy to have it just be sustainable and, and extremely calm, which we are. And especially last year, I was so grateful to have like a calm business, right? And then we hit this place this year where I'm starting to feel that boredom or that restlessness or that itch or whatever. And I think our initial reaction is to go, oh, that's a bad feeling. Like, why do, does that mean I'm lost? Does that mean I don't know where, like I'm rudderless? And I had this thought in the shower the other day that was like, no, like this is the fun part. This is our favorite part is that lost feeling of what's next. I don't, you know, it's like on one side from one perspective, it's like, oh yeah, I don't know what the next thing is. And that can feel lost. But from a different angle, you could just as easily say, oh, everything is exciting and everything is an opportunity and you're in the exploration phase. And this is what wandering aimfully in the ethos at the very beginning was all about, right? The wandering part was the exploration and the experimentation and the trying new things and allowing yourself to change and evolve. And the aimfully was do it with intention, do it with thoughtfulness, do it based on your own internal compass. And so I think it's really fun because it feels like we're coming back to what it was always meant to be, which is embracing the evolution of you as a person and having a business as a tool to match that. And so I just wanted to share that in case you are going through, it doesn't have to be the restless itch phase of your business, but whatever phase of business you're in, even in the very beginning where you just go, I don't even know, nothing is working. There's a positive to every single phase of business. Yeah. I was just thinking of uh, an appropriate analogy, uh-huh. which is we're doing like a I, thousand. I piece. heard, I thought you said an inappropriate analogy and I was like, that tracks for you. Oh, I could make it inappropriate. Please don't. To? Okay. Please don't. We're doing a thousand piece puzzle uh-huh. and it's a very difficult puzzle. Like it's mostly the same color all over and you've done like the top left corner. Mm-hmm. And for us, what we've done is the top left corner, but we've kind of gotten to the place where we're like, I can't really do anything more on this corner. Like it's just, it's another piece that's like a dark colored puzzle piece. Like mm-hmm. it's just all, they all look the same at this point. Let's move to the bottom right. That's like a whole different color. And we're still doing the same puzzle. It's all to get to the same result. But now we're in a whole different area that we can kind of play with. Right. It's like, I'm, yeah, I'm craving going for a completely different corner. But I'm still in the same puzzle. Like, yeah. it's not like we're giving up. I mean, like, let's become full-time plumbers because that would be a, a weird pivot. Unless we like wanted to be like Mario and Luigi, but like as two Americans living in Portugal who started a plumbing company. <laughs> That's an inappropriate analogy. <laughs> it absolutely is. All right, let's get into Calm Business Confidential where we highlight okay. two businesses. The other person does not know the business that we're talking about. And basically we're looking for businesses that kind of make uh, some amount of money, more than nothing. Yes. Uh, but under $1.5 million per year, just because we wanted a parameter that felt like we could talk about some businesses that were growing and doing well. But also, you know, money doesn't really matter. That's just a parameter for us. Yeah, and we feel like there's a lot of business podcasts that highlight the, these quote-unquote success stories of 
million, hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. of business. What about people who are just out here having a creative skill, being able to create a flexible business for themselves and earn money doing something they like? Do you How about go, that? Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I can't remember who went first last time. I can't. It doesn't matter. I'll go first. Okay. Okay. My Calm Business Confidential pick is a name that you might remember. Um, I might remember or the listener might remember. You, you, Jason, okay. might remember. And it is Gabby Beckford of Pax Light is her business. And you will remember her because... Oh, she... Yes, 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 yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, so Gabby is basically a digital creator who her business is all about inspiring people to make travel happen. And the thing that I think is so cool is she figures out how to basically travel around the world doing what she calls, I thought this was a real term, um, but she, I think she made it up, but PTO, I know PTO stands for like paid time off, yeah. but she talks about PTO, which is paid travel opportunities. Nice. So her whole thing is applying for scholarships and grants and cultural exchanges and all of these different avenues in order to be able to travel and get paid to travel and um it's really cool i i read in her story she has been awarded more than two hundred thousand dollars in scholarships grants funded cultural exchanges etc and she's used them to travel to countries like the uae south korea austria and fiji completely free nice which is so cool um i also think it's really inspiring because her mission is also extremely personal because she took her first trip to Iceland, her first solo trip to Iceland, she said in 2017, and she was the only woman of color and the least experienced on the trip. And so she also did a study abroad program in Dubai and said she was one of only other, only three other black women in the program. I think she messaged us when she, she messaged us in 2018. She, she was, was on Dubai. that program. Yeah. Maybe. I, I think it was anyway we can yeah because yeah, we did have a chat with gabby um yeah. but and i remember being inspired by her then and i'm equally inspired by her now um but i think that's really cool because she saw this this kind of gap in the market which is there aren't enough creators who you know look like me who are inspiring young black women or young women of color to travel and to show them ways that they can make it um doable and accessible and of course she um like her content speaks to everyone but i think specifically that niche um is really inspiring because it's basically speaking to a past version of herself and she has uh, multiple digital products so she kind of her main business is not only courses and ebooks and things like that um but also you Which know, are about how to get how to get these opportunities the how to apply for yeah. paid travel opportunities which I just think is also an extremely smart and savvy thing on her end because she could have easily been like, okay, I'm just going to go the route of like travel content, right? And so I'm going to do a lot of my content around how to pack or how to do this or how to make your itinerary. And there's nothing wrong with that content, but I think it's a really unique and cool angle to take on it, which is to understand that a lot of people's objection to travel is that I, I can't possibly have the money to be able to do this. And so the fact that she developed this skill herself in being able to secure all this funding for her to be able to travel and to now be able to teach people that, I think it's a cool kind of um, angle on the travel industry. Yeah. And so I'm not exactly sure the revenue numbers, but I do know that I read in interview that in 2021, the business brought in over 170,000 gross income 
And that's only, she didn't even say that was from digital product income. That was just due to sponsored posts, blog articles, and B2B marketing consultations. Nicely done, Gabby. Which is incredible. Um, and I, the last thing I want to share that I thought was really inspiring and interesting, because we always like these little kind of spins on things. So Gabby, um, her story is that she quit her ad, um, her engineering job in February of 2020. Wow. Okay. So she, so listen to this. She has this engineering job. She quits in February, 2020 to take her travel thing full time. What happens? Um, yeah. yeah. Can you imagine starting a travel business in February of 2020 and being like, well, this we knew is of one. It was the couple who started tally. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're like, it, well, yeah. this is extremely bad timing and kind of the worst thing that I didn't see coming. But what I love about that is the kind of grit of being able to go. And I think in this interview I read, she did consider calling back her boss and being like, Hey, can we yeah. <laughs> just kidding? Yeah, oops. <laughs> but, um, she said, Okay, I'm going to read what she said here because I copied it and I really liked it. She said, so I saw that as an opportunity space. And the first thing I did was start pitching absolutely everybody. I think I kept it short and sweet. And I was just, I sent maybe 20 emails a day. And I said, hey, I know your marketing plan's on fire, but I would love to talk for Lonely Planet about waste, about ways that you can keep your travel, your love of travel alive while at home or ways that you can relive your old trips to keep your love of travel alive. Nice. And I think that is so brilliant because most people would just go, okay, this is not going to work. This is the worst time ever. And I think to have the grit to, to pivot and to go, okay, I just have to change my angle on how I'm talking about travel. And to also recognize that it is, especially when you're starting out and the odds are stacked against you, the one thing that people can't take away from you is your grit, your determination, your willingness to go out on a limb, even though you're going to send a hundred emails and you know only, you know, one person out of that hundred may, may get back to you. But she started getting featured in places like the New York times and good morning America and lonely planet because her pitch was extremely smart and she had a great value proposition and she kind of got her brand name out there and built a social media following. And and I know she uses social media a lot to this day. Like I think she uses TikTok quite a bit, um, which by the way, we're not anti-social media. We just, we don't use it for ourselves. Yeah, no. But um, I love her story. That's awesome. I think it's a cool business. And I think she is a great example of taking something that you love to do and a unique skill and inspiring other people and making money while doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, numbers don't matter at all, but it is fun to note. I remember when she reached out to us, I think she had like 8,000 followers on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I just looked and she now has 160,000 followers on Instagram. Crazy. So you gotta love that. And also that growth has happened during the pandemic, you know, Absolutely. it's like she's, she hasn't been fully out traveling. So that just shows that she's putting out, I think, consistent, valuable content on that platform that people have liked. So, so shout out cool. to Gabby. We'll have links in the description, obviously to both of these businesses. Now let's get into my calm business confidential. Okay. I am bringing you Arushi and Shaman okay. of Doful Cookies. Oh. D-O-H-F-U-L. They are, I love this so much. India's first soft baked cookie company. Really? So back in 2018, uh, they went on their honeymoon in Europe and they had their first ever soft baked cookie. So India is known for small, dry, crunchy cookies, biscuits, very okay, much like biscuits. the UK, sure, sure, right? Sure. It's like, I think the same, same culture of cookie that they have there. Um, at the time they were running a sandwich and burger quick service restaurant uh, and studying business and engineering. So they had this restaurant that they were doing together, but very small, like 
you know, quick window type okay. of type of restaurant. So they did this for four to five years. They ran this sandwich and burger place. They finished their studies and they got a ton of knowledge about the food industry. Uh, so they went on this trip and they got, she just like Arushi, like loved the cookies. She was like, this is like the, one of the best things I've ever eaten in my entire life. And so they basically decided like, how could we, how could we do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and the two hurdles that they kind of saw were number one, India doesn't like the people of India don't eat this type of cookie. Right. They so don't even know. So are we going to be able to, right. but she was like, they're just so good. Like people are going to have to love them. Word of mouth. The second hurdle is that India has the largest vegetarian population in the world. Right. So the cookies have to be eggless. So for 70 days, eight to 10 hours a day, over 300 batches of cookies, they worked to make the recipe. a perfect cookie. Okay. The lesson there is focus on the offer. Exactly. Get, Making the offer and delicious. What I love too is that it's not like they saw some like wonderful cookie on Instagram and they're like, okay, let's see if we can replicate. It's like, no, we went to a place, we had the cookie, mm-hmm. we experienced it for ourselves. Now we want to replicate it. Like yeah. it's like we know what this takes to mm-hmm. be good. So like we're going to make that thing. And we're not just looking at what someone else makes, making a version of that and being like, I think this is good enough. It's right. like, no, no. I've had the version that I want to have. How do we make that? So I absolutely love that. Um, I love that they are like us and that they kind of divide the the labor of uh, the mm-hmm. business together. So Shaman does all the business side mm-hmm. and then Arushi handles all of the baking and mm-hmm. then I think the staffing and, and getting everybody kind of up to speed. They used Shopify to get things going, uh, which reminds me of the couple that we met on the That's what it reminded ferry. me too. Yeah. On the ferry a, from Havar. They had a tea company? Tea, yeah. Yeah. And so they were also Indian mm-hmm. and they had a tea company built on Shopify. No, it wasn't tea. You know what it was? What instant was it? coffee. Oh, it was instant coffee. It was That's instant right. Coffee. It was instant coffee. Um, so that was separate. But uh, so at the beginning of this business, so this was uh, around 2019, they started just writing articles and they had their website and they in about like three months they became the number one rank for cookies india on google amazing and it it was it was trying a little bit but also just putting out consistent content uh they did that was what year 2019 i believe not that and long ago. they did find that Indian customers were slower to buy uh-huh. because they'd never had soft baked cook- cookies. But what they found is most of their first business was Western businesses that had teams in India. And so they would buy the cookies. So like a British company right. would buy the cookies for their office in India as gifts. Right. So it became a thing of like, you can't get these cookies here. Like right. We would have to bring them from our Which home Which I think is also really smart when you're getting started is... Don't make it harder on yourself. Like they sort of knew people will catch on. Yeah. But go to where the people, the existing the customer demand. All, exactly. Yeah. Where you don't have to convince your customer that they need what you have. Yep. Uh, there are two main marketing channels that worked. Uh, they leaned on Indian YouTubers as marketing. So they went uh, like influencers basically. And, and they didn't have any money. So they were just like, hey, please just try this cookie. And, and then, if you like it, and talk then about we'll, it. Like give you free ones. Right. And will you just mention it? Like you don't have to do like a full thing. Right. And they found that a bunch of people were like, yes. And They're became delicious. Obsessed. And they still have people who will talk about their cookies on, ongoing because they're so good. And by the way, again, that goes back to the power of your offer, your product, your service, your whatever you sell by making that thing really great from the beginning. Then, you know, any marketing that you do, like you, you don't have to worry about sending them to YouTubers and paying them to talk about it because yeah. The quality speaks for itself. And their second form of marketing, which we absolutely love, which is part of why I grabbed this story, is a weekly newsletter. 
and they've been sending a weekly email newsletter from the very beginning and the newsletter has grown to 50,000 subscribers. It is a what Sunday a newsletter, newsletter and all it is is just Arushi writing about how the business is going. Really? So it started with that and it is still to this day I'm now subscribed and I got their last email and their last so where I actually stopped my notes was here which was they just celebrated their 5 year anniversary. They are now making $15,000 a month with Amazing. this business. 90% is now from consumers. Wow. So they have basically like trained the Indian market this up. Like cookies it's are good. It's taken five years, but uh, yeah. And then 10% of that is corporate still. And they were getting ready to open their brick and mortar store. That was like their next phase. Uh -huh. As of writing this, and then like a couple days later, I got an email from Arushi. And they had their grand opening for their Aww. Delhi subway station store. Wow. And she wrote out, I really loved it. She wrote out like five the five days of that being open so it was like the first day it was like all their regular customers and right. friends and family Celebrating. came. so it felt super busy yeah but then the second day was like the true test because then all that went away and like it was very quiet but they like had they had she had like a she didn't say low goal but she was like we had like a we just have to sell this many cookies and like it'll feel good and so they did that and then the third day it started to pick up traffic by the fourth day they had regulars already Amazing. who would stop in for coffee and have their daily and have their day and and she also you know was spending time like teaching the staff who was running it full time of like you know hey like you know this is veg very vegetarian crowd like we need to make sure that if they ask for like a vegetarian latte we can do that and so on the fifth day they had the first vegetarian latte so she was really proud of herself that she thought ahead to like train the staff on that so they wouldn't get frazzled so so far so good on the the uh, storefront for that um, and I really liked this kind of like final remark I read in an interview that they did which was in a food business there are two parts the food and the business yeah and I think this is really like a profound thing in a very simple sentence because most of the time people only make the mis they make the mistake of only being good at one of those two things. Right. So you need to be good at both making the food and also running the business. Yeah. And so this is for everybody listening to this podcast right now. You may be an incredible designer, but you also have to understand online business. You may be a really good yoga teacher, yoga teacher, but like you do still have to understand business. And if you don't, you need to outsource it to someone who can help you with that part of it. But I think that's like such a good lesson to take away from, from these two where it can be, you can create the best cookie in the world. Yeah. But if you don't have a mechanism to get it in the hands of people, especially an audience who are not used to it, you're never going to sell those cookies. Definitely. And there's a, there's another story of this company that goes a whole different direction where they didn't push through. They didn't, you know, try a bunch of different marketing techniques and try to get this in a bunch of different people and write a bunch of content that probably no one read or paid attention to early on. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's just a really fun story. And I know you're going to ask this question, so I'll go ahead and answer it. Please. The best sellers are <gasps> the chocolate brownie cookie mm. and the chocolate chunk cookie. Chocolate chunk. I'm going to leave. Uh, I love that. Obviously, I'll leave the links in the, uh, in the show notes here. I'll also leave a link to a day in the life video that they oh. released recently, which was just absolutely horrible. She also, they've been doing this for five years. She didn't include any footage of the bakery. And like, she wrote a note in it that was like, like sorry, I forgot to show the bakery today. Like, <laughs> but I just thought that was really cute. So, that. uh, doughful cookies is the cookies. I really wanted to see if I could order them just to try them. But yeah. I was like, this is kind of like a waste of resources to like get them flown all the way here. Uh, India, but I love their story. I thought it was very great fun. story. So Babe, good find. And also, if I can talk about cookies, you know, I'm happy. Yeah, you. How happy were you when you found a husband and wife yeah. and a bakery business? And also, it's not like a gigantic company. Exactly. Like it's a very approachable amount of money that feels like a lot of people can relate to. Like they're yeah. not making millions of dollars selling cookies. And they're very happy with their business. Just following something that makes them happy. All right. Let's finish out with the uh, Portugal slash life updates. 
the um, life updates. Well, do you want to tell them what we just did today? Uh, we can do that. Uh, I listen to every once in a while a podcast with the Kelsey brothers who are NFL yes. football players. I'm aware of that. And for the Patrick Mahomes. They, Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback of the team that Travis Kelsey plays for, but his brother plays for the Eagles. So, you know, whatever. Wait, um, there's what? two of them? Yeah, they're brothers. That's why I said there's, there's two brothers. Jason Kelsey <laughs> and Travis Kelsey. They're two brothers. And who's the one that's on the... Travis. Travis. Travis just and got injured. And who are we talking about? The brothers, both of them. <laughs> <laughs> you okay? You okay? You need a moment? No, wait. Who's the one on the Eagles? Jason. <laughs> his name's Jason? Yeah. Okay, what, what, what was your point in bringing him up? <laughs> Thank you. So they have their own podcast. They've had it. It's, it's taken off. It's like the number one sports podcast now. But they have a segment that's new news, new which is very news. funny. But I thought that mine would now be knee news. I like knee news. Because it's knee news. Knee news. Um, that was a very long roundabout way to get to my knee update. Who doesn't love long roundabout? If you are listening to this podcast, you, you love a long roundabout. Long roundabout. We, uh, we drove to Lisbon, speaking of roundabouts. Yes. And we went to the uh, sports injury clinic mm-hmm. that, uh, that I had talked to and had a conversation with the doctor, Dr. Hui. Hui. And we basically, this, this consult was to talk about what's next, like what should I do? Um, based on the information that he gave us. And so we went there. Very enjoyable, simple experience. Uh, didn't have to wait too long. This whole ticket queue thing. Is really smart. Like, yeah. why are we not doing that more? I think probably this does happen in some places in the yeah, States. But like, it doesn't places, happen everywhere, and no, it should. It happens everywhere in Portugal. Yeah. You go to a doctor's office. There's a little electronic kiosk. Yeah. You press a button. You get a number. They have a screen. It's like, you know exactly where to go. There's no like, oh, I was here Do first. I stand in this line? Do, do I go here? Like, it's what's just, going it's on? so, and yeah. it's very soothing when you know exactly why And again, why I do there. think some places in the US have this, but like we saw it less there than we have seen it here, which is everywhere. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we sit down with Dr. Hui and what's the first thing he says? Oh, I wish I had my notes. <laughs> you can paraphrase. <laughs> no, I need to get the exact <laughs> quote because I wrote it down. I was taking notes for Jason because I knew he would want to be listening. So uh, I'll give the context here. So we sit down. Uh, he logs in to get my MRI images up. So he starts looking at my MRI images and then he looks to us and says, I don't have it here, but he oh. said it was something to the effect of, <laughs> these are not good knees, man. <laughs> <laughs> never, uh, I wrote it down. It was the first thing that came out of his mouth. These are not good knees, man. And I was like, a good Oh sentence. no, never a good sentence. So anyway, um, you know, we just talked about like, what are my goals? Like, what do I want to be able to do for those of you who care, which if you're listening to the song, you care. Um, I, you know, I used to be fairly athletic. I'd like to get back to being able to be somewhat athletic. I don't expect to be able to play basketball. I don't expect to be able to play tennis, but I'd like to be able to go out on a paddle court and like not move too much, but actually be able to play. And in our first call, he said that like, if your leg is strong enough and it feels stable in daily life, then absolutely you should be able to play. Your leg will be strong enough that like having an ACL that's torn and meniscuses that are torn, you're you're not going to do anything else to it. Mm-hmm. Like it's fine. Um, but you also have to be smart. Like I can't be like, you know, diving, you know, Okay, but this first. is the part that I, as your wife, am really worried about yeah. is you have done nothing to demonstrate to me <laughs> that you chance. have an ability to prevent yourself from wor- like pushing yourself too hard. I know, hard. I have to have a chance. You, you're going to try? Give me one life give but two a, shots. Give me one life but two shots. <laughs> You've watched After Party on Apple TV. That would make I sense I would like you. to believe that you can develop this as a skill. Yeah. But so far, I don't well, feel anyway, great about so, it. So here's the plan is I need arthroscopic surgery to clean out all the loose bodies that are floating around. There's so many... Let the bodies. <laughs> uh, I, I think there's a general bit of concern on his face uh-huh. of how much is like moving around. around. Yeah. yeah. And uh, one of my favorite things that he said was he was like, 
you basically have bone on bone going right now. Uh, he said, I wrote it down. He said, you have a grade four arthritic arthrosis. Yeah. yeah. That's the worst you can have. That's what he said to you. Kind of feels like an accomplishment. I know. I knew you'd like that. I knew you'd like that. <laughs> kind of feels like I won the worst knee game you could win. I, so you're saying I got the high score? So you're saying I'm doing great? Can I have my initials And in I the just office? love that he's also like, just so we're clear, you're going to have to have a knee replacement like yeah. at some point. And it's he, not soon. No, but he like, said best case scenario is 15 years. Best case. And yeah. then he laughed. You yeah. remember? <laughs> we were, he was like, you know. Uh, no, I think what he meant with the 15 years wasn't what? a knee replacement. It was another arthroscopic surgery. Oh, okay. That's what he meant. Yeah, because knee replacement, when we I talked know, the first time, the notes he case. was like, you definitely should try to not have it before you're 70. So like, oh, okay. yeah, that, that's got like, it. Yeah. No, I think actually he was talking about the, what do you call the, the microfracture, microfracture surgery. surgery. Yeah. So anyway, I have, I have an a la carte menu of things I could yeah, do. Yeah. I'm now learning words like microfracture yeah. and arthrosis. Anyway, the, the plan here is we made an appointment for December 1st or December 7th to have the arthroscopic surgery. That should be a very simple surgery because mm -hmm. it's just going in. It's like a little vacuum that just sucks all the bits out. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. And they'll just clean out a couple things. And then hopefully the recovery from that is like one week on crutches three weeks of rehab and like really you're kind of back to yourself after a month. So knock on wood, I hope that's how that goes. But we were worried because we're going back to the States and you were trying to decide, should I do it before? Right. And, and they didn't have an appointment before right. necessarily. So now we're kind of on a short list that if I could squeeze in here before the end of September, I might do it because I could be fully recovered, excuse me, in a month. And I don't want to wait that much longer because right. it's a real hindrance right now. Like with things floating around in my knee, it is very difficult every day to like, operate as a normal person. Yeah. And so getting those out will help me operate as a normal person. So anyway, that's the knee news. Knee news. But the exciting part on the way back from that Tell was... Tell them what happened, Jason. Caroline took the wheel. And by took the wheel, I mean, she was like, do you think you could pull over and I could drive home? Uh, what was I thinking? Why did uh, I do that? I think that? you were hopped up on pizza. I think I was hopped up on pizza. But this also, this part of the drive home, so we're, you know, we're like... 20 minutes from home or 15 mm -hmm. minutes from home. It's like so peaceful. To give everyone some context, I have not driven, been behind a wheel of a vehicle in close to two years. Yeah. When it, was the last time you drove? Around your dental procedure before oh, okay. When you took me in trip. and out. When I asked when you to I go inside. When I took you in and out, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's because when I went through all of my anxiety stuff, 2019, and then my eye stuff, I had a vi I've had multiple panic attacks in a car trying to drive turns out it was because I had an eye condition that literally creates Very, maximum yeah. anxiety while driving. And so I sort of then got out of practice. Then Jason was driving everywhere. Then it became kind well, then of, we were in Europe. So it's like, exactly. Then there. it was built up in my head. Yeah. Then we were traveling last year. And so it just became easier to let Jason drive. And so now I'm like really out of practice and I have to, I know that I have to break through this. It's not a, as bad as a phobia, but it's definitely a mental barrier and um, it's been my goal since moving here to take driving lessons, get comfortable on the roads. Thankfully, it's a very easy country to yeah, drive. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, I think it would be very different if we like lived where we used to live in Southern California. Yeah. It's kind of hectic. Like, There's a lot of cars. There's a lot of things. Like here, like we live it's in like, a very easier. peaceful part of the thing. Like the scariest part is probably just going to be small, the small European roads. Roads, exactly. You know, that's the, the thing. But, but anyway. You did, you did great on the way home. I think it's because it's been top of mind because you were a little bit worried about when you get knee surgery, like who's going to go to the grocery store and stuff like that. And you're right. It is because you won't be able to drive for a little bit. Yeah. And I wanted to at least be capable enough to be able to go to the grocery store and things. And so I was like, I need to figure this out. Um, and so I think because we went to the knee place today, that was probably top of mind. I was hopped up on pizza. Yeah. We were 15 minutes from home and I knew the roads. And so I just said, 
pull over, I think I could do this. Yeah, and you did it. You did I a great did it, job. and I did yeah. great. And I feel very. We only hit that bus, and then we. Well, yeah, we hit the bus, but it was fine. <laughs> no, we didn't. No, hit the bus. we. Um, I feel like I broke. I've broken the seal. Yeah, it's And great. so now I just want to practice more. Yeah. So I'm going to start out like near the house and just doing that. We can drive around the neighborhood. Then I think we could do an easy trip into town. Uh, into learning yacht. You, you know when we what? we pull in and we um, go to the right hand side. We go to the right hand yeah, side. And you can, can just do that. park right there. I can do that. Super easy. And I definitely want to practice the grocery route. Yeah, the grocery times. route. You know, you get a couple rounds with that one. So that's like I think that's like level three. Okay. But level two is just like driving into Lorena, parking in the little side park. Because even when you leave, it's actually very easy. You just left turn, left turn, mm-hmm. and you're out. Like there's going to Terra, Terra, or um, Ansem. Exactly. Okay. Is that the mint? Is that the mint? So anyway, that's the update. Caroline drove for the first time in two years. Did a great job. Uh, last update is that we had a little get together at our house. We had people. We have friends we over had at people, our house. We had people over. We had uh, Ours de Ouvre. And it was, uh, we had lovely. some drinks. It was just a lovely time. We got to uh, chat and laugh with people in our own home. They loved our playlist that we played. And always they did. I love when Not the playlist goes over well. Not as happy as having a grade for arthritic knee. You of know, course. Because that's the top top. That's the top top. Yeah. And but, it felt it felt so nice. Yeah. Yeah. People stayed over way too late, though. We were out so late. And I was By like... By out, mean up. Oh, no. I was up. Yeah. Because yeah, we were at the house. But no, we stayed up way too late. And I was like, wow, I actually can't do this anymore. Because it really... There's no... It's no coincidence that the next day was special sad day. Oh, yeah. That's true. That was special sad day. Yeah. Also, way too late like, for us is 2 a.m. And, and I think like some people like they're like, I stay up to see the sunset. It's like, No, but you. speaking of that, I've been... Um, I think after that, the being so tired and having a special sad day, I decided that I'm trying to wake up an hour earlier. And so far it's going really well. Yeah. Wouldn't you say so? It's yeah. been freaking you out. Cause I, it's one day it freaked me out. Cause you got up in the six time. Like I know. It was still a six on the clock, which really weirded me out. Yeah. But the rest of the days it's been in the seven. So, so like you're not okay about the sevens, but you don't like the six. Sixes weird me out. Cause sometimes sixes? I don't get up in the sixes. I know this two days I got up and you were still in bed and I didn't know what to do with myself. But then I got up. Well, yeah, because I felt weird. I don't know how to open the house. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like opening a store. (laughs) I haven't been trained on how to open yet. (laughs) There's no coffee waiting for you. I'm not an opener. The lights aren't all Yeah, like I don't have the keys to shit. What would you do? (laughs) Mop? Like, what do you do? (laughs) What do you do at 6 a.m.? There's definitely mopping every morning. So that's a thing you should put on the list. Um, there's, uh, you know, make sure God. the toilet bowls Send are us an email. Who opens thoroughly. your house? Uh, also, what? every Thursday, there's fresh baked cookies. So these are the things you have to do just that to make sure they're on your list. That you eat by 6.30 and then no, they're like, it never happens. I think so. Yeah. Huh. All right. Now you're going to see me up at 6. If you're going to make cookies, I would love that. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. That's it for our episode. Thanks for coming along on this journey with us. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, if you have any calm businesses that you want to share with yes. us, do you think we should mention? Again, we really want them to have kind of like a fun angle, like something interesting, something different that they're doing. Um, and the more information you can kind of send about them, the better for us to be able to vet them. So please send those along. If we don't write back or we don't, you don't hear from us, like do know that we are collecting them and putting them in a folder. Um, I'm very organized with those things. Uh, and then also, yeah, feel free to send through if there's like a really memorable go-to episode of this podcast. I would just be very curious to know what that is for people. Definitely. Okay, that's it. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.